This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Jolly. Welcome to THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, October 10th. My name is Matt Baum. I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. That's me. It says so right there That's underneath true. my beautiful face on the Zoom video. Here is how it works every Saturday morning, you know, around 1041 a.m. <laughs> Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to wrap about the week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11-ish for you nerds to play along. Sorry we're a little late. We were dealing with some technical issues. A technical issues. issue is like, I didn't realize what time it was. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> no, That's me. what you said. I didn't realize what time it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was it's saying. True. So here's how you play along. You can call us at 402-819-4894. Or you can click our Facebook Call Now button. Or you can watch us live on the Faces Book and just chat with us there if you would like. If you can't call in live, you can feel free to leave us a message on our phone number or send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Or you can even jump into our Zoom. We post the Zoom link on our Faces Book. You click on it, you jump on in. Jeffrey Ketchum's already here. God bless that kid. He's here every damn Saturday. It's better than Saturday morning cartoons. It's something to friggin' do. And we don't have a show without you guys. So. Join us. Talk to us. Let's get into it. But before we open our phone lines, Joey, we need to give these nerds something to talk about. Let's talk about the week's nerd news. That was slick. That was smooth. I haven't had a chance to sing in a long time. That was smooth. This Friday brought us first looks of two upcoming animated series, Amazon's Invincible Adaptation and Hulu's Modoc, which knocked me over with a feather. It's stop motion. I, had, yeah. I did not know that was happening. They didn't tell us that, right? We had I feel no like idea. that's new news. Yeah, they did not tell us that. The actual trailer for Modoc was supposed to drop late last night. Did it drop? It did drop. Yeah, I've got it oh, on shit, playlist. I didn't see I'm going to show it in just a second here. So. All right, great. Adapting material from Invincible 1 through 13, which means you know exactly what you're going to get if you've read the comic. Oh, yeah. The series stars The Walking Dead star Stephen Yoon as the title character and J.K. Simmons as his father, Omni-Man. Uh, no, no word yet on who is voicing Omni-Man's lush mustache, uh, among others, of course. Well, J.K. Simmons can do a mustache voice. You kidding me? That guy did one of the best mustache voices ever with J. Jonah Jameson. I get it. I get it. I was talking about like a dis a discreet voice for the mustache specifically. Regardless, uh, Modoc is a as I said a stop motion series voiced by Patton Oswalt as the mental organism designed only for comedy. <laughs> comedy with a K. Both shows are set today, but sometime in 2021. Matt, what are your first impressions? Look, I've been bitching about how there's not enough comic book cartoon crossover out there, and. I'm playing the trailer for Invincible right now. It looks perfect. It looks like they took it, Ryan Otley's art and animated it. And uh, see, and I thought that it was like a perfect, it's, it, it looks like a perfect melding between Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. Corey yeah. Walker was the original artist and he was the artist for that initial storyline. 
Yeah. I, I mean, uh, this looks amazing. And I don't have a problem with it them. It violent and brutal. Yeah. Bloody as hell, which we need in Invincible. I didn't want them to kitty it up at all. They're going for it. This is a cartoon for adults, for adult fans of the book. And it looks amazing. And I don't mind the direct adaptation. Yes, I know what's going to happen. I'm fine with that. That doesn't oh, bother no, I'm me. I'm counting on it. Yeah, like I want that. That's like that that event that happens towards the end of uh, volume two of Invincible uh, of the normal trades. Yeah. Uh, around issue 10 or whatever. Is one of the greatest twists in modern comics. Yeah. And it made the series for me. <laughs> totally. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I'm sure that they'll make some like tweaks here and there. And I'm I, like, I'm super excited to see where they go with it. Like Walking Dead, the Walking Dead show, it was very good. Yeah. You know, for as long as I, I, I held on as long as I could. Yeah. I did enjoy my time with the show. Um, what but about it Thief was of not Thieves? a slavery adaptation. Show? And this might actually be a more faithful look at the comics, oh, at the source material. Totally. I don't think there's any question. Um, let's talk about MODOK for a second. I need you to play that because I, I want to see it real yeah, bad. Yeah, it's not what I thought it was going to be, but I have to say I am overjoyed by what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the stop motion, that's fucking rad. What a great what a great choice. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, it's showing us uh, this stupid This is here. the Falcon yeah, and Winter there we Soldier. Go. That's new. Yeah, no, this is like the beginning. They're like talking through it and stuff like, get ready, Marvel TV for, boom, MODOK. <laughs> it's adorable. He's like a little toymation MODOK. He's got a chubby little baby face and he has Patton Oswald's voice. <laughs> It's totally ridiculous. And, and like all the aim guys, excellent. Uh, you don't even need them to like just move their helmet a little bit and talk. And it's, they cut all these corners. It looks super cheeseball, but it's exactly what it should be for something like MODOK. I didn't need, I'm obviously we weren't going to get a serious thing, but I didn't need like another, hey, look, we animated it like the family guy. And that's why it's funny type thing. You know, this is really clever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, Stop motion is kind of a labor of love. And so I'd be surprised if this wasn't like legit sculpted stuff. I mean, it may be. And if so, wow, that is putting a lot of time and effort into a show. And I hope those people are being paid and it does not get canceled. So. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing about these direct to streaming shows is that, you know, they are already made. I suppose. Eight episodes are in the can. You're going to get it whether we want it or not. But it looks legit funny. And like, it looks like it's going to be a good time. And I think it's interesting that Hulu didn't just go for another Rick and Morty look or family guy look. They, they thought about this and they gave us something like wholly original for a MODOK story. I can't wait for this. I think this looks amazing. Oh, same. Yeah, I, I, I'm so pleased. Uh, and honestly... So here's the thing. Uh, apparently, New York Comic Con is happening right now, virtually yeah, on the I internet. Guess. And I had no idea. Yeah, it's a thing, I suppose. <laughs> Which is why we got all these trailers and stuff right. uh, uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, Pat Oswalt introduced it last night, and I like saw it happening on my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, that's this weekend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. forgot I host a show um, where we talk about this. I should pay attention. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, I honestly was uh, in doubt that these Hulu shows were ever going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm wrong. It's happening. And, uh, Modoc is coming. Hellstrom, Hellstrom is coming 
this Friday. Let's talk about Hellstrom for a second. The early reviews are not kind <laughs> from what I have read. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm not really. Are we surprised? No, right. not really. Uh, like from what I've read there, they said like being the first Hulu live action Marvel TV show, you would have thought that they would have tried to come out of the gates a little stronger. But like the reviewers, like after the first episode of this, I'm just not sure one, it was a good show. And two, it's a show that even is a, like telling me that it needs to exist, <laughs> which is, is a it, bad Is sign. it even a show? <laughs> yeah, like, like it didn't even let you know why you need to watch this, you know? Like, ugh, not a good sign for Hellstrom. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but I'll watch it and we'll review it. I do love Hellstrom. Week. I love that character. And I think they could have gone just nuts with it. They could have gone so crazy, but instead it's like, oh, yeah, he... Uh, friends a cop and they do cop stuff, you know, and the like cop and not cop storyline that we constantly get over and over and over again. Right. When we He's don't have an idea for a show. He's a consultant to the police God. that has way more latitude than any police contractor yeah. has ever had in the history of the police. That's a police put in like danger. Yes. <laughs> Straight right. up exactly. danger. Like castle level danger. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, in MCU Marvel Sonyverse news. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Doctor Strange will make his return to the big screen in Spider-Man 3, where he's set to become the wall crawler's new mentor. While nothing has been officially released, if Marvel wants to go the way of DC's next Flash movie and bring in multiversal versions of characters, it couldn't hurt to have Stephen Strange to help Jamie Foxx jump from the Andrew Garfield See, Amazing Spideyverse no, into no. the current Spidey-centric MCU. Now, no. there is nothing set in stone about this, but there are rumors out there. <laughs> it literally never occurred to me that they could be pulling a multiverse thing and it could be the actual, legit Jamie Foxx Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. What is the title of the next Doctor Strange movie? I get it. I know. I get it. And the I the multiverse of madness. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, the multiverse. Multiverses are all the rage right now. Right. Um, now here's the other thing. Spider-Man three is set that, to begin. Though. Just tell no, just say, Hey, look, yeah. Just say, Hey, look, there was an alternate version. There's an alternate reality out there where this guy is a real schmuck <laughs> and give me badass electro, please. Sure. Please. Spider-Man 3 is set to begin filming later this month in Atlanta, while Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is also due to begin filming this month in London. London is locking down again because guess what? COVID is on the rise. So we'll see if that happens at all. But does that mean that Spidey might also be in Doctor Strange 3? Are we going to lead in to the Multiverse of Madness when Jamie Foxx pops out of the movie into the spider into the MCU spider words. And Dr. Strange is like, you're not supposed to be here. We have to send you back. And he's like, but I'm Peter Parker's best friend. And I realize I messed up and I tried to kill him. And now I have a chance to be his best friend again. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't want it. I don't so want John, it at all. Our friend, John Tverdick in the chat uh, says, I really, really, really don't want this MCU multiverse shit it works for dc because dc needs it dc is also built on it right marvel doesn't marvel isn't built on it and they don't need it yeah 
uh, like I know we had the end game stuff and the time travel and the blip and the whatever and the whatever. Right. But and of yes, as Frank points out, Into the Spider Verse is one of the best comic book movies ever made. Absolutely. And it's an animated we celebrated film. the multiverse. And it feels completely separate from the live action stuff. It's but I don't I just I don't know if I need alternate versions of MCU characters in the movies. Okay, just so- say it's Electro. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Let, let's talk about that for a second. I don't have a problem with them introducing the idea of the multiverse, like the Spider-Verse and stuff in the movies. I don't need them to go and pluck out elements from the Tobey Maguire and elements from the Andrew Garfield movies yes, and right. make that the multiverse. I don't need that at all. <laughs> if you want to do it, just do a new one, whatever, where we meet, you know, Gwen, Spider-Gwen and what? That fine, I'm into that. Yeah, let's do yes. it. But I You're like give me give me what ifs, you know, you, you want to do like a kind of a, a, a twisty what if thing about like, oh, here's where here's what happened when Spider-Man saved Uncle Ben. Right. You know? it, like unless Dr. Strange is going to show up and be like that Joe J. Jonah Jameson is not from this reality. He's from a whole <laughs> different reality. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm fine with the idea in concept. Uh, I just, I don't need them to be pulling a flashpoint with, with my Marvel movies. Okay. Regardless of that, let's talk about Spidey and Dr. Strange. Makes sense. Good team up. Are you into it? Well, you know, he's the only guy left with a beard. So kind of, he's gotta be buddies. They gotta be buddies. Well, and if you want to look at it, like, okay, most of Thor is in space. Iron Man is dead. Captain America is an old man. And we're going to do some semblance of the Avengers. Dr. Strange has got to be in charge, right? He, him and the Black Panther, which... Well, Captain Marvel, probably. Who knows what we're going to do with the Black Panther. But, like, Strange is right there in New York. Strange is an adult. Spider-Man's constantly looking for a father figure. Why not? I like yeah. it. Peter teaming up with uh, odd combination, like odd couple pairings are fun. They're fun to watch. Right. And uh, Spider-Man's interactions with Doctor Strange in uh, Infinity War were wonderful. And, yeah, so, of course, I'm totally totally down for it i'm not sure how much how involved this version of dr strange is going to be in like whatever comes next with like forming the team or being in charge of the team he's not really the elder statesman of the mcu anymore he's, no there are other characters that can step into that role and it wouldn't surprise me if that was supposed to be the black panther and captain marvel but we'll see what happens with that now so i don't know i do think we see Spidey in, in Doc Strange 3. I think we absolutely do. I think this starts something and it carries through to Doctor Strange 3. Maybe. Uh, I mean, the other two Spider-Man movies have been pretty self-contained. Uh, yeah. I think that they're leaning heavily uh, towards Sinister Six territory uh, because we've got, we've got the concept of Mysterio, even though he died. Yeah. We've got the Vulture. Uh, we know that there's Mac Gargan, uh, the Scorpion. Yeah. He's not the scorpion yet, but he's there. He's in prison. We know Red Venom um, is out there. What's that? Red Venom is out there. <laughs> Red Venom. Red Venom, Black Venom, yeah. all the Venoms. All the Venoms. Gray Venom. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget Gray Venom. <laughs> gray, oh, Gray Venom. Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, you know, Electro now. And so I think that they're, I think that they're gearing up for a big villain team up. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that's going to have to do with what, whatever's going on in Doctor Strange. But look, I'm not against it. I'll definitely, I love it when 
characters cross over. I Definitely. love it. It's it's my favorite thing. Speaking of which, so. we got a little required reading that I punched in here. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. This was old school, the trade paperback uh, that's still in print. It was a story called The Way to Dusty Death. It collected Amazing Spider-Man Annual 2 and 14. Marvel team-up books, 21, 50 through 51, and 76 through 77, which were all the old school Spidey, Doctor Strange, Marvel team-ups. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, The Way to Dusty Death, The Untold Tales of Spider-Man, Strange Encounter, and Material from Marvel Fanfare, 1982. This was like all the old school. So stuff. yeah, it's not just a single story. It's like an anthology it's of Doctor bunch. Strange Spidey team-ups. Yeah, and it's great stuff. And then Amazing Spider-Man Volume 6, Happy Birthday, which was J. Michael Straczynski, John Romita Jr. This was... I mean, it was issues 57 through 58 of his Amazing Spider-Man, and then it jumped to issue 500 because the numbering changed. <laughs> so yeah, right. 500 through 502. This was not when we were at a point where we were neck deep in the Straczynski shit that we don't care about and would rather not think about Spider-Man. This was still pretty fun. Dormammu was invading uh, New York and like the Fantastic Four were there. Cyclops happened to be there at the time. And they were all like, we, we literally don't know how to deal with this because it looked like there was like tons of demons coming in and invading New York, but it was actually a ruse so Dormammu could come through a different way. And Doctor Strange shows up and is like, you're all fighting the wrong thing. You're doing this wrong. <laughs> it was, and it was really solid. I like the way Straczynski wrote Doctor Strange a lot. Again, Spidey uh, does meet his future track suit self here. So there is some weird, you know, Straczynski-ing going on with the character. Sure, yeah, Straczynski-ing. Yeah, but it was absolutely. still fun. This was a fun team-up story. Yeah, those are good stories. I, I love I love those old Marvel team-ups. I love a Marvel team-up from the 80s. Um, and that Untold Tales of Spider-Man one-shot by Kurt Busiek. And I think the artist's name was Neil Vokes. Yeah. It's awesome. Beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. But we ain't got time for any more of this. Oh, wait. I do want to mention JD Got a Catch pointed out something in the chat. He said uh, there is a, a theory that Spider-Man goes to Doctor Strange in order to get the knowledge of his secret identity erased. And, of course, it causes a problem. And Jamie Foxx gets farted out of Amazing Spider-Man into his universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he gives up his... <laughs> He gives up his relationship with Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then she's written out of the movie. Dr. Strange is like, um, I can't help you, but the devil can. Yes. And, right. and Peter oh Parker's boy. like, God almighty. Yeah. I'll take the devil's help. <laughs> Thank you, Satan. And Satan's like, no problem. Spider-Man three colon one more day. Great. Great. Thanks for putting that idea in my head, JD. Thank you. Uh, actually, it's more Matt's fault. Uh, all right, moving on from the guns aren't as cool as they used to be in our current political climate desk. For 16 years now, Marvel Comics has been putting their top up and coming comic artists in a gang they called the Young Guns. <laughs> and now I see that Matt has punched in some commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I after years of mass shootings, they have a new class of artists and a new name the Stormbreakers. It's a little more politically correct, you know. <laughs> I suppose Marvel's inaugural class of Stormbreakers spotlights eight creators who the publisher feels are quote the next generation of elite artists in the industry end quote even though at least one of them is from the last generation yeah. of elite artists in the industry <laughs> right <laughs> kicking off the list is the aforementioned industry vet 
Patrick Gleason, who is currently one of the rotating artists on Amazing Spider-Man. 20 years Joshua. we've been looking at Pat Gleason's art, and now he's like an up-and-comer, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Kassara, who is the current artist of X-Force. Peach Momoko, who sounds like a Super Mario Brothers character. Regular cover artist and subject of the 2021 book Marvel Portfolio, colon, Peach Momoko. Yeah, there you go. Which I, I've I don't know. Familiar with. Yeah, I don't know anything about him, her, them. I don't know anything uh, about it's them. It's <laughs> kind of like an, a manga style painted painter. Okay. I feel like it's Natasha. a bubble tea flavor that's too sweet for me. You know, like I, I get why people <laughs> like, like it. something you drink with brunch. Too sweet for me. You know, <laughs> uh, we're being very dismissive and probably not very respectful, but. <laughs> It's comedy, folks. Yeah. Natasha Bustos currently, uh, she previously drew Spider Woman, which I'm not even sure is still coming out, and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which definitely ended. Iban Coelho, artist of the upcoming uh, event series Dark Ages, and one of the rotating artists on Venom. He is very good. He's very good. Yeah. He's been hanging in there with Stegman, and that says something. So. Carmen Carnero, uh, who is listed as the artist of Hellions. But until uh, the last issue I read was drawn by Steven Segovia. Yeah. So maybe they're upcoming artists of Hellions and a rotating artist on Miles Morales. Juan Cabal, one of the rotating artists on Guardians of the Galaxy. He also drew Tom Taylor's Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. He's great. He is fantastic. And R.B. Silva, upcoming artist on Fantastic Four. R.B. Silva also being downplayed here yeah. as one of the original architects of Hawks and Pox. And R.B. Silva is right? also... Right, R.B. Silva? It was Pepe Larraz and R.B. Silva, right? Yeah, and R.B. Silva, I feel like, has been around for quite a while, too. Not a real new name. And then R.B. Silva also drew one of those Avengers um, Ain't No Road Home No More, No Surrender. Yeah. He, he I, drew one of those. I believe that's right. So this is Marvel celebrating who they I've never understood this young gun bullshit. Cause it's like, I'm glad they're celebrating the artists. I'm glad they're putting their names out there. This is one thing that like yeah. DC has been criticized for where they sort of treat artists as being very not come on. Come on. Yeah. They, yes. as commodities that they can just shift around. Who cares? Marvel definitely tried to make their guys a little more superstar status, but does naming them a Stormbreaker Does this do anything for you? Does this make you be like, you know, uh, Stormbreakers on that book, so I'm going to check it out. <laughs> no, right. no one's going to. Yeah, I mean, that. not it, that's never mattered to me. Uh, I, I, it's it's all marketing, and I get it. It's branding, it's buzzwords, whatever. Right. But like, I can tell you from 15, 16 years experience standing around comic shops, uh, eight hours a day for however many days in a row, nobody ever came in and said, "Hey." Any other, you, you got anything by any of those young guns? Or I don't look, I only collect young gun stuff. I just want to add Nobody all the young gun ever, stuff to my play. To ever my file. asked me for anything per, pertaining to the young guns. Like, let's ever. see, Ricky Schwartzman's pull file is all young guns. Got it. <laughs> you know, like, no. <laughs> uh, here is the thing that uh, stuck out to me. Um, I, th I think uh, maybe this got cut out, but um, I think there was this notion that the uh, Stormbreakers would be lifted up and maybe given some bigger opportunities. And what that says to me is, uh, 
fuck you, anybody that's not a Stormbreaker. (laughs) (laughs) These eight artists don't draw every book at Marvel. Right. That's the weird thing. Look, if branding like this gets their name out there even a little more, it's a good thing. I, I like when we humanize the comics and we humanize the creators behind them because it shows like, look, we all know that Sp- the name Spider-Man is selling Spider-Man, sure. But it shows that Marvel does think about this. They do care about their creators. These books are put out by real people. And they are trying to give them some type of superstar status. That's good. We never see anything like this at DC unless they're announcing that, like, Neil Gaiman is shepherding the idea of the thought process of part of the story <laughs> that goes into the Sandman universe. You know, like, okay. Well, thanks. I mean, to be fair to DC, they, they have done... St- similar things in the past like they did the uh you know they they made a big deal about their um writers workshop for a few years there right uh where you know they would be like we're training up the next generation of great dc writers like christopher sabella was one of them once right um i think james james tinian and marguerite bennett came out of that um all writers by the way <laughs> well there was writer's workshop that's yeah. what i said i'm just saying like there it doesn't help their artist criticisms <laughs> but my next point is that uh they also had that um what was that called was it the the new age of dc heroes where it was like sideways and uh the terrifics oh yeah yeah it was that kind of mini imprint don't call it an imprint Oh, that's when um, they were doing the. What were and they that calling? was all like very artist forward. That was like, pop-ups. yeah, this is drawn by Doc Shaner. Those were the pop ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, that, w- that line was very artist forward. It was, that's it true. was artist driven. And so, yeah. You know, DC, DC does its own thing to elevate their creators as well. But Marvel, Marvel has really gotten behind their artists with yeah. this young guns and Stormbreaker nonsense. I love that. They say like, there's no, they didn't give a reason why they changed the name. I guarantee they changed the name because call it having guns in the title. Not as, well, doesn't sure. look I as mean, I'm fine. Socially responsible. Good for you. They could have gone the um, Kimmy Schmidt way though, and made them the young gun takers, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Here are your young gun takers. <laughs> And they didn't have Proud Boys storming their offices. They don't want that shit. <laughs> All right, enough like, of this They don't BS. even work in the building, you guys. <laughs> enough of this BS. Let's get to our question of the week before we open up the phone and Zoom lines. Set it up for him, Joey. All right. This week's question was submitted by our own fevered minds. We want to know what are your favorite and least favorite costume redesigns in comics um, I'd like to get away from the obvious, but you know, if black costume Spidey is your thing, I get it. Um, I also want to float this by you. I wonder if we should disqualify characters adopting new identities. Yes. Yes. We're just That's talking- not a costume change. No. That's like Hawkeye became Goliath. That's not a Hawkeye costume. Yeah. doesn't count. That's, that's a right. different character. I mean, same guy. So sure. Different. Don't character. come at me with penance. Right. Penance is not my answer. <laughs> I'm glad it's not your answer because that sucks. <laughs> yes, it does suck. But I mean, I guess you could argue it's one of the worst, but we're not going to get into that. It is time. But that's a new identity. New we're, identity. That's right. We're going to get into it now with you guys when we turn on the Zooms and we open the phone lines 402-819-4894. Click that call now button. JD got a catch was first in here. His hand is up. I have to 
ask him to unmute because Zoom is all politically correct and doesn't let me just reach out and touch people anymore. It's not politically correct. <laughs> it's politeness. <laughs> Try it sometime. So, yeah, you call it whatever you want, bro. PC police getting in the way of my freedoms. <laughs> Jeffrey. I'll unmute whoever I want, dog damn it. Are you with us? Please interrupt this garbage. How's it going, guys? Good. How are we doing today? Hi, buddy. Good, good. Uh, wanted to call in with my answer of the week. Uh, we, uh, oddly enough, we kind of talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago when uh, Matt was off uh, slaving away in corporate hell, and we had the the big Zoom talk with uh, me and uh, Brian and and Darren and all those guys. Um, my one of my favorite costume redesigns, and I still say it's one of the better Spider-Man costumes out there, is the Superior Spider-Man costume. Yeah, oh, heck yeah, that's totally. A great outfit. Totally. Real quick, 508 phone number. I see you calling. So hold off one sec. And when Jeffrey's done, we'll get to you. I promise. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I love that costume. And it's only gotten, in my opinion, it's only gotten better as they've tried to kind of continue the superior Spider-Man idea. You know, now he's got the black webs, which I think is pretty cool just from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he looks arms, different. You know, it's, it's distinct. Yeah. Yeah. It's very distinct. But I mean, and I think it's also very much a, you know, it's the similarities between it and Miles are not unremarkable. You know, it's that black and red motif with the dividing line midway. And but I, I just really liked it. I especially like the goggles. Yes, I liked the kind of pronounced. Um, I'm trying uh, to get a big blown up picture of it here. There we go. Like yeah. the big lenses. They, yeah. yeah, the lenses. Thank yeah, you. I was yeah, trying the, to think of that word. Yeah, the, 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 the convex lenses. And that was the one really that was cool. built by And I know the Doc gauntlets, Ock, right? the, the, the web shooter gauntlets that he has, I know those are a carryover from uh, Spider-Verse because that was rig originally where he would house the... That's a little bit different than the current that, one. Is that a little different? Yeah. Because the the one that he's got now has the the uh, the, the the gauntlets. There's the gauntlet. There. Yeah, the yeah, that's right? part of the gauntlet. Okay. Yeah. No, that's just regular Spidey. There. That's I know you're Spider Man, Matt. Though. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> I'm just looking at. But this is the one that Otto Octavius invented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one that Otto made when he was in Peter's body, and then right. he's kept it in uh, the new current version where he is. I don't know. He's got a clone body of Peter and he's now running oh. San Francisco. Yeah, it was. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I like that book actually. I yeah, that no, me too. Fun. I really liked, I really liked it. Uh, you know, before I fell off of it, like I, I, I liked him off of everything, but I, I liked him, uh, conscripting the, the, the bad, like monster gang, the night the, shift, the night shift. I loved him just conscripting them. <laughs> Fucking night shift. I love you those idiots. Now. Deal with it. You know? Yeah. I can uh, beat the hell out of you or you can do what I want. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. The brothers Grimm and digger and <laughs> gypsy moth and <laughs> what a bunch like, of losers. What else are you going to do with it? With a D list group of villains like that, other than have like Otto Octavius just run roughshod over them. Yeah. Put them in a gang. <laughs> obviously. Awesome. <laughs> that book was a lot of fun uh, though. Speaking of like spooky stuff, I do have to say, Matt, thank you. I, I plowed all the way through Damon, and yeah, that is fantastic. And if we don't get a sh TV show of that, uh, I quit. It was supposed to be, yeah, <laughs> FX optioned it like years ago. 
And oh, then, God, that would be such a good show. And we never heard anything. And God, it would be a wonderful show. Uh, for those of you who haven't read it, Damon, story about the human beings that help vampires, like serve vampires during the day and do their dirty work. And yeah, fantastic. Completely fantastic story. Boom, put that out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I uh, love I mean. Ahead, I'm not yeah. su- I'm not surprised we haven't heard anything because it did take about eight years for that book to come out. That's true. It That's was true. and it was one That's of those things true. where like after issue one, it was like optioned. At the, at the time, they were just optioning everything. Right. So I don't know why we even got excited about it. Back then, but. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the storyline. I mean, at least the 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 premise is tailor made for you know an adaptation because I mean, you're getting basically vampires plus the Sopranos. Yeah. I mean. Totally. And it's got such a great lore back to it. You know, the, the fact that the day men is, uh, you know, is like a tradition that they, you know, people come up through the ranks and they're kind of almost born into the family. And, yeah. You know, everyone yeah. is gift, you know, each family has a specific day man and they have their specific shtick, like their weapon and stuff. And yeah, it was like a vampire Cosa Nostra type thing. And, yeah, the, and yeah. the day man was like their soldier more right. or less like, oh, man. So and just back great. to an aesthetic thing, just talking about costumes, I just, the thing, I, I think it's such a striking image that the main guy, David Reed, the day man that we follow, his, like, his assigned weapon of choice is a cane. Yeah. And I just thought that was really cool. And he, and he mentions it in the first, in the first, like, issue, like, first couple of pages, you know, it's like, the fact that they assigned him a cane was a bit weird, but they think that there's strength in there's strength in something representing weakness. Right. I well, it's like they all a cool concept. You work for the vampires. The vampires appreciate your work, but they do yeah. look down on you. You're just right. a human and you are expected to be way more than a normal human if you're going to do mm-hmm. this job. So they don't make it easy. And <laughs> no. oh, man, it's such a great book. Ugh. Yeah. It's kind of, a, you know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the dynamic uh, in Lazarus. Yeah. Oh, where, you know, so. like, yeah. She's a part of the family, but, but she's, she's a not tool human. to them. Right. Spoilers. Well, yeah. I mean, but, like she's a tool to them. You know, Sorry. David they, uh, I didn't. They, I didn't they, read that far. <laughs> they okay, treat her. They treat it. her like an implement, not like a person. Right. 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 Um, right, right. But then, but there, but the also the like, there's some members of the family that are like kind to her and and you know fond of her or whatever. Um, yeah, there's a great there's a great talk in the second volume of Damon when he when he kind of ends up retreating back to his mentor, um, and you know he's saying, "You think you're part of the family, kid? Yeah. No, you're a tool. Yeah, yeah. That's like you're the one thing you that's all, all you have are. to learn. You like you do your job, <laughs> and that's what you are. You're nothing more. They're not going to turn you. They're not going to make you immortal. Like you are going to do your job, and when they're done with you, you're done. They'll get somebody yeah. else to do it. Oh, great book. Love that book. JD. Such a good book. I got some poor schlep trying to call in here. 508. I saw you. Call us. I'm going to mute you, brother. So this right, guy talk can to call you in. Bye, JD. Uh, so Sarah Lorsing Tverdick in our chat says, let me grab this. Perhaps FX shelved it because they got what we do in the shadows, which has a similar yet comedic bent on the day men thing. Guillermo well, I mean, is a badass. The idea of out. vampire familiars <laughs> is not new. No. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? It's Brian Domingos. Good morning, Brian Domingos. How are you, Hello. sir? Hello, guys. How are you? Good. What are we rapping about today? Um, 
I'll make it quick this week. Um, the answer of the week, I have two uh, DC examples of best and worst. Okay. Um, I think the best is the Nightwing costume change from the miniseries or from like the 70s and then the mini or whenever it was, yes. 80s, 70s yes. miniseries to the first issue of with the uh, Chuck Dixon, Scott McDaniel um, yes. upgrade. It's pretty massive. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm looking for the Nightwing disco costume. <laughs> now, to be fair, he had already ditched the high collar, but he was still wearing a version of that suit with the yellow um, scalloping or whatever around his shoulders. Um, yeah, it was it was less lame, but he still had the ponytail and that great old ponytail. Yeah. And yeah. then I love that in story they have his hair, his ponytail get cut off, so he doesn't yeah, have it. That anymore. was pretty great. Yeah. I was like, thank God, because it lo- it was lame. Look at this sexy, sexy dude. Woo! <laughs> he is hot. <laughs> Nightwing, baby. That's a deep V, my man. Oh, man. Deep. <laughs> I was, I, I've always felt like, um, and you know, because it's in canon in the stories that like, that Dick is such like a ladies' man. Um, but I've been reading the um, Mike Barron um Butch Geis, uh, Wally West trade. The, it just came out a couple weeks ago. The yes, first like yes. post crisis things. And he get he, I'm in issue six and he's already scored with like four different ladies. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, he yes. just has no problem. He's just like, he's, um, he, you know, it's, it opens like his, he's, he turned 20 in uh, March of 1987. And that was, uh, he was, he's a man. He's just going to go and work his way through the crowd. Yeah, and, man. Um, like, all right, Wally, there you go. You know what? I, I, I both love it and hate it whenever DC or Marvel try to pinpoint a specific age for their former teen heroes. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, I just read something. What was I reading? Um, ah, I started rereading the Kurt Busiek, George Perez Avengers, which by the way is still amazing. Uh, however, they are wordy as hell. They take forever oh, to read. That was Kurt Busiek, um, man. I, I, He's getting paid by the word yeah, back then, so I think. Overwritten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I love it. It's great. Classic superhero Avengers nonsense. I am on volume two of the uh, thick Avengers assemble uh, collected editions. They just uh, got done. Hawkeye just left the team to go hang out with the Thunderbolts. It's a bunch of drama. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, they were talking to... Um. Uh, <laughs> Jarvis has a uh, a kid that he sponsored from a, a fictional Middle East, uh, a, a fictional um, South American country, and of course she ends up being like this superhuman shapeshifter, uh, Silverclaw, and uh, so she's still there in the mansion, and uh somebody says like, Oh, we should ask her to leave the room. You know, she's just a kid. And, uh, you, you know, the, some, and someone's like, no, nah, no, nah, she's, she's fine. She was here at the beginning of this. She should see it through. And, and anyway, Firestar just turned 18. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> and like in my head, r- rationally, I know that has to be the way it is. I know that if Spider-Man is always going to be 25, 
Yeah. Then anybody that got their start as a literal teenager after Spider-Man cannot be that much older. Right. Uh, so, but like I read that out, like when I actually read it in print, I was like, what the God, don't stop it. But doesn't shit like that get even worse when we get like into Batman, for example? Well, yes, because then we've got like five generations of children yeah and and it's just like they are they keep being 16 and bruce is apparently still 36 38 they'll never (laughs) let him be more than 40 right Uh, because he he should be like seven not to steamroll over brian but that's actually what i am really enjoying about dc's kind of meta story right now is that they're onto it yeah they're the superheroes are onto it. They're like, wait a minute, we've been rebooted like 18 times. There are things that in my memory that never happened. Oh, yeah. Who the hell is Connor Kent? What's going on? Right. Uh, and they're embracing it, they're not running from it. Um, and so yeah, just come out and say it. Just tell me Dick Grayson's 80 years old and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Still got the butt though. I'll tell you what. He's got that sweet ass. No, no more ponytail though. So that was a, a massive upgrade. Um, yes. And uh, my and sort of related to that and, and the aging and all that, um, the worst is from one of the, the darkest periods right before the because um, the new 52. Not great. No, but no, th- there were some horrendous comics before it. Like, yep, like so awful that I don't think people remember how bad it was. Um, and I'm talking about the uh, the Justice Society of America run right before it and the whole, everything ended. Um, it's the Bill Willingham and uh, yeah, uh, like Scott Collins run is so embarrassingly awful. Yeah. Um, and they, there's a story where Alan Scott gets all messed up and um, oh, like right. shattered and broken. And so they, um, this is when you're going to have to dig up the, the picture for Matt. I'm looking for um, it. He, they put him in like this, like brace thing. It's like a, it's got a bellowy shirt and a brace, and they make him look like a literal lantern. Yeah, he looks and like is, a green lantern. Yeah, I'm. I oh. look like a green lantern, and it's it's so awful that I'm, it made me rethink. Like, is Scott Collins good? Because I don't think so. <laughs> like, I'm I'm like I adore his Flash run. Like, I think it's one of the the best ever. And then I saw that, and I was like, I feel differently now. Like, there's something about this that that doesn't feel right. And he's better now, but there was a real dark period where like, that is just like the worst, like he's got, like, he looks like one of those like 1960s Christmas angel decorations for like the Christmas tree. I can, I can picture it, but I cannot find an image of it. Oh my God. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he scrubbed it because it's that bad. Yeah. I don't know. It was around like, (laughs) Um, it, it might have been Justice Society, like fifty around that, um, from like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, it is just horrible. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Look at that thing. He does. He's wearing the puffy shirt from Seinfeld. What did you search to find under out? under his outfit? Um, let me see if I can get a link to this. Uh, <laughs> It's it's like the worst of the worst, and they're like he's back. It's like no, nope, not ready, guys. Oh, here it is. This is yeah, it's awful. God, this is bad. And this like, I can only find a link to the. Gallery. We were supposed uh, to be so excited about this because it was like Bill Willingham and Scott Collins, who like Bill Willingham coming off Fables and Scott Collins coming off a legendary like Flash run, and we were all like, yay! And then we read it and went, oh God, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. The, I mean, the book punk. into two series, and um, <laughs> JSA All Stars was not good, but um, that costume right. is so awful yeah and like just he's got a lantern in his tummy and he's got like a metal neck brace <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> uh, I, I mean you know there's a reason why dc decided they needed to reboot yeah you know that's, and that's kind of it's like that's where everything was sliding towards and it's like all right Something needs to change because this is what we're putting out every month. And, yeah, yeah and like um, we we had we you know. we had Superman walking the earth like came from Kung Fu. We had Wonder Woman doing whatever the hell Wonder Woman was doing uh, in her yeah. book. And that the leather jacket and the uh, yeah, and, yeah, and like poor Phil Hester, he had to come in and salvage that piece of shit. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you know, like that was like Superman and Wonder Woman. They got you know Straczynski to shit the bed on them. Um, yeah, JSA was a mess. JLA was the the Robinson run was good, but like it didn't have any support, so it was, it was like, off. Yeah, it, and it was all it was, like B C list characters. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, Dick Grayson Batman and all the women like versions of like it was Jesse Quick as the Flash and like yeah, it was like legacy legacy Lantern versions. And, yeah, it was uh, like, it, Mikhail it, it, Thomas, it was, Starman was yeah, there. That's right, Mikhail Kong Gorilla. <laughs> yeah, Congo Bill, man. Uh, I, I don't care. I love Congorilla, but uh, I yes. Uh, but yeah, it was such a weird, what a weird, weird time to be following. You know, I remember being so excited about DC for like ten straight years in a row, starting in 1996. You know, there yeah. were you know there were some books that were good before that, but when I went to college, uh, my my last year in high school, first year in college. And it was like, yeah, Nightwing ongoing, JLA by Grant Morrison. Like, it was almost like a golden age for DC back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it lasted for a long time because we had like the rise of Jeff Johns and, you know, all of this, all of that exciting stuff. And um, I just, I loved it so much. And then, you know, he went on, uh, you know, writers went on to other projects. And what do you do when you're Bendis leaves of, you know, Matt, Matt's been talking about it for weeks. What do you do when Bendis leaves your most popular comic book? Yeah. Well, you don't have another Bendis. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you don't have another Jeff Johns. Instead, we've got this guy, Bill Willingham, who has written some pretty questionable superhero stories in the past. Yeah. Bill, uh, Bill Willingham's another one of those guys that I think we all agree has written amazing shit. But whenever he yeah. dips his toes into superheroes, it gets so bad so fast. And I don't know if it's like an his, ego thing. His Robin run is is awful. It's terrible. It's deplorable. Like, so yes. awful. It's terrible. Yeah. Just really like what is what is the point of this? And yeah. I think yeah, it's an ego thing. I really do, where he thinks like <laughs> I'm putting my stamp on this character so people remember Bill Willingham did this. You know, or and Jay oh, Michael Straczynski was the same guy. Straczynski came in and he was like, "Well, when I'm done with Spider-Man, when I'm done with Superman, people are gonna talk about Straczynski in the same, you know, sentence as their name." And like, yeah, we sure do, because it fucking yep. sucked. <laughs> like it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we we will ne we will never forget the uh, the wandering Superman. Oh my God, uh, that's right. And then uh, he wandered off and in the, it didn't in even the end. Zoom chat. Uh, <laughs> He says he was all about DC from 85 to 2000, which I agree was also an amazing period of time, uh, barring about three or four years at the beginning of the 90s. Speaking um, of uh, Frank Cirillo, we're going to go live to him next. Brian, it is good to talk to you, man. Always. 
Yeah, awesome, guys. Have a good weekend. Bye, Brian. Uh, but Frank, Frank says, remember when Keith Giffen put long coats on everybody in the Justice League? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes, I do. Oh, yeah. That was a look, though. It was so sexy. Like, you had to have the trench oh. coat at the time. Trench coats, baby. <laughs> right. Trench coats. Frankie, how we doing? Trench coats. I'm good. How you guys doing? Good. good Real Frank. good, You man. sound amazing, you as do. always. You sound good. Yeah, it's, my, the, it's that snowball mic I got, man. The, the fidelity. Not the bad. Fidelity. No, I love it. Not I bad. love it. So uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about, I would love to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah, I want to give a spoiler-free review of the entire season. Do it. Lay it on us. If, if that's okay. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it, my, I, I, I only watched it once through, so I got to do a second watch. But anyway, um, I felt like it, 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 was a, it was a slow beginning. It was, and when I say slow, it was like, I was like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this is going to be great. It's, it was a little too punchy with the jokes at first. It was a little too like, Hey, here's a list. Here's a list. Here's a list. And, and then it, as the season went on and 10 episodes and as the season went on, it just got better and it got better. And by the time they got through the first five episodes, you're like, Oh yeah, this is a good show. It's fun. It's funny. It's got, it's, it references Star Trek um, the way it should. It's not like, it, it was kind of bashing you over the head with it in the beginning, but it got better and better as it went on. When it got to like the last, those last three episodes absolutely blew me away. And that last episode without giving any spoilers was all of, all of the emotions about Star Trek. I mean, I was laughing. I was crying. I was just like, this is, I cannot wait till the next season season comes out. And the 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 amount of guest stars that came into the show, the people the people that were referencing the show, and um, I don't want and I, again I, don't, I want this to be spoiler free, but they um, they definitely went they they definitely went for it in one this one clip they just went for it and I'm like I'm so happy they didn't and I'll and I'll say this is like they went back and referenced the uh, the original animated series visually not oh, just really? not just talking about 50 foot spock oh, but there was awesome. a visual picture and i'm like yes they did they they just now brought all of the star treks together that is and awesome I was so i'm so happy with that i, I so love the old school animated star trek so much and man it's not an exciting show also no <laughs> it's it but was man, a I love it. Burn. i love it so much because it was a it it, it had I watched Star Trek as a kid, the the live action. I watched the car. And when the cartoon premiered, I thought it was a dream because it never showed up. I was five years old yeah. when it came out. And it was and it never came back for years. And I was like, was there and I and I kept thinking, was there an actual Star Trek animated series? I thought I imagined <laughs> it. And then and then all of a sudden I'm I'm watching Nickelodeon one day as like, I don't know, it's probably like a late teen or something, because I was watching Rocco's Modern Life or something like that. And all of a sudden, like, here's Star Trek, the animated series. I'm like, no way. It actually existed. Yeah. And I, and I just, I was totally blown out of the water. And I was so, I was, I was like so happy. It wasn't just, just like a dream. It was like that dream you have when you see the, the you see the lost episode of Star Trek. Well, and the old school you know? Star Trek animated was like scripts that they had for the show that didn't get made. It, and it they, was amazing. And they just it animated them. And they had they the whole, did. all I, the actors I know, did the voices. Is it taboo it to great. talk about other podcasts here? No, please. Come on. Okay. So Mission Log. Um, They're all imaginary, Frank. It's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so Mission Log did a great, 
they did a great take on Star Trek, the animated series. And one of the things that they talked about that was, that was more important than, than uh, anything else was just talking about how they, they had all of the original like um, writers, producers on the animated series. This wasn't just a kid's show. Yeah. And Aaron Harvey, I don't know. Aaron Harvey does a great podcast, but he just put a, he put a book out about Star Trek, the animated series. And it's a beautiful book. And if, if you have a chance to get it, I, I would. I, I absolutely love the book. I'll have to check that um, out. I didn't so even know that was a thing. Check it out. Yeah. You know, check it out. I've and, got, so I've got the DVD collection of like the entire Star Trek animated stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, me too. It's me fucking too. great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's straight. If you like the old show, you will like the animated series. It's fantastic. Definitely. Oh, definitely. So, um, I, I'll answer the question of the week. Let's my do it. question, my answer is this best redesign of a character. I'm not sure if it fits is the Kitty's fairy tale. The nightcrawler, nightcrawler, bamf. Kitty's fairy you get, tale, you're, nightcrawler. Are you looking for it? I, I'm looking for it. Okay. Keep, keep going. Are you, are you talking about when he becomes the Bamf or when he's dressed like no, a pirate? No, it's Kitty's fairy tale. It's like, it's just this story she makes up. And in the story, she makes Nightcrawler into this little cute, cuddly, like yeah, yeah, three Bamf. foot Bamf. This dude. And that, okay, that I think, I I think is my fa- And the Wolverine's like the Tasmanian devil redesign is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah. that was, uh, Dave Cockrum, right? I believe. Yeah. 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 Okay. Here it um, is. uncanny X-Men 154. And that yeah, dude. he, lo- he legit yep. look, Wolverine legit looks like, <laughs> like Taz. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> they were like little baby, like cartoon versions basically. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. He's like a Smurf kind of, uh, yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. It was, that was like my favorite redesign of, of the characters or costumes. I mean, I realize his costume is pretty much the same, but. Right. Um, That's a solid I, one. I, no, I'll t- I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to. Your I'm gonna, kid loves it too. All right. Go Apparently. Smack, go smack yeah. that kid around for us, will you? Come on. <laughs> Tell him we're trying to do a show here, Frank. Jeez. <laughs> Good to talk to you, brother. Always. Good talking to you too, man. Jason, See you, Frank. Thanks. Jason Sachs, you are up next. I'm asking to unmute you. So welcome aboard. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. Hi, Jason. How are you doing, brother? So there's a few uh, fan-made Star Trek The Animated Series episodes yeah. up on YouTube. I've heard about these. And they are legit, like, really entertaining. There's one where they find this drifting spaceship um, that's got the, that's like, this enormous ship it's like rendezvous and rama with run with rama the author c clark story and they encounter it and they have the scientists on board who's really excited about it and her whole series of machinations ends up having the secret to immortality and he's uh has ties to merlin and it has ties to awesome the future of the universe awesome. and it's just this really amazing kind of mind-blowing star trek show all done in this very static Star Trek in the animated series style because those those guys were crazy about just coming back to the same shots over and over again. Oh yeah, I don't think they had any money back in the day to make this animated series. I think they were just kind of like, all right, we. I mean, it's Star Trek. They just want to see the talking heads, right, and hear the voices of the actors. That'll be fine, and we'll just recycle, recycle, recycle. <laughs> and it totally so works. Fan made show is totally appropriate for that, and it's just such a fun experience to watch that. Because um, it's kind of high-tech and low-tech at the same time. Yeah. And it's just really fun to see other people playing with the characters. I mean, it's kind of fan fiction, right? But at the same time, I just thought it was super fun. Drop a link to one of those in the uh, Facebook chat so peeps can see that, definitely. 
though I've I've never like I've watched part of one of them and was just like I didn't realize it was fan made at the time and I thought to myself wait a minute like how come I don't know what this is <laughs> and yeah it was really good actually <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm so into like comfort food entertainment these days yes for obvious reasons right and um, so I, I got into that and I've been watching that I moved into watching old science fiction and, and horror movies nice from the 1950s and 60s nice because like I just don't even want to think about the modern world, right? Well, there's no yes. reason to. I, there's no reason to whatsoever, Jason. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like um, things on fire, people getting shot, and white supremacy, you know? <laughs> I was up until 3.30 this morning uh, because I've been binging the first season of Star Trek Discovery in anticipation of the new season next week. Uh, And I wanted to finish. So so yeah, I was desperate to just like inject something wonderful directly into my brain (laughs) uh, to forget everything. I started watching Phantasm last night and Casey was like, Oh boy, this movie again, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love Phantasm, man. Old school eighties horror of Sinbad has been incredible. Oh, voyage of Sinbad. (laughs) Best with the Ray Harryhausen monsters to this day, best animated skeletons on screen. And they were toymation and they were rad. They are so friggin' cool. It, like the toymation they did on those things, moving them like little by little, and then they had human actors fighting them and shit. Like, ugh, that had to have been a pain in the ass back then. I was reading it took him four months to animate those sequences. I totally believe it. That stop Harry- motion, stop motion animation is a very laborious process. Ray it's, Harryhausen, it's, though, God, that dude's a master. Ugh, it looks incredible. Yeah, the Cyclops is so. Friggin' cool. Now, now, unlike any Cyclops, like, from actual Greek mythology or anything, he was like, nah, it should be really big, and it has a horn, and it's scary as hell. (laughs) But that is like... I it to be totally cheesy and dumb, but the first time he comes on the screen, I'm like, wow, this looks incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it was so cool. (laughs) Better than any CGI. Totally. I love that stuff. Clash of the Titans. Miss it so bad. I love it all. Uh, best and worst costume are both Thor. Oh, okay. Uh, the worst Thor costume was the one that Mike Diodato drew. Yes. As part of this uh, Warren Ellis World Engine storyline. Oh, yes. man. So he had this enormous head of long blonde hair, sometimes pulled back in this great man ponytail kind of thing. Let me find this. I and know exactly gaunt- what you're talking about. Like, armor across his chest, but a bare midriff. So we could see that we could see that twelve pack. That gotta see his abs. Um, powerful. Also, like huge chains connected to Mjolnir, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, huge thick chains. Here we go. Yeah, it's terrible. He was so. Oh, it's just so awful. It was sexy, is what it was. You guys are just scared. That's all you are. It was so. Yeah, I'm. I'm scared. All right. (laughs) Look at this man. I am scared. That's true. I I was so. Woo! Look at that hunk. It's like Fabio. Well, that's not the costume. That's just his bare chest. Yeah, no, but like Those that's part of it. Are incredible. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Google, um, Google the cover to Thor four, uh, Thor five hundred. Thor five hundred. Yeah. Was this? Oh, that's wait. it right there. There we go. There we go. Oh God, look at that shit. Let me open this image. 
Bang. Yeah, the Mjolnir the with the... <laughs> Look at that the shit. The <laughs> huge snow chain. Like, why? <laughs> what do you need that for? Why do you have straps wrapped around your gloves? But yeah. this this is You're back. You're already wearing gloves. This is back Why with do Mike Diodato around your gloves. <laughs> Diodato drew every character like they were starring in gay pornography. Like totally. He's, got, he's wearing <laughs> high waisted bikini briefs. Oh that yeah. Also have a huge chunky belt wrapped around them. They also appear to have like a camel toe design, like in there. Right? <laughs> it's, got like a, it's got like a crease down the middle. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't it, know. You know uh, <laughs> what they're uh, going for there. More power to him, I guess. I guess okay. I always figured he went the other way. Diodato was guilty of this for a long time, though. Like, right? Whenever we got Diodato redesigns, I don't ever recall going, yeah, that kicks ass. Like, I mean, this was the 90s. I, I get don't it. think it. Like, Diodato, yeah, he was an offender, but everybody yeah. did this crap. Well, sure. I mean, like, um, they were doing what they were doing. It was the 90s. I mean, we'll and, you know, they were, worse, though, they were so desperate. They were just so desperate to, like, just give me a taste of that image stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? like, oh, you guys want extremes? We can do extreme. Check this out. <laughs> yeah, two X's. Uh, you got to have one big X and one little X. <laughs> the best I always thought was the Thor costume from the JMS run. Yes, I really like that costume with like the chainmail arms and uh, Michael Straczynski. Um, more of a tunic kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remember this design and just tweaked it a little bit. So it totally made sense for a warrior to wear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, definitely. Where he had like the chain mail. And yeah, this was a great looking Thor. I mean, and I think that they kind of adapted that a bit in the first Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a definitely. Definitely. Here it is. Sorry, I'm jumping through multiple screens here. I apologize. Bang. That Thor. Yeah. Awesome. Completely awesome. I love the chain mail and like he still had like the leather on the boots and stuff. So it was still very like Norse, if you will. Still had like the weird circles on his chest, you know, and like the helmet was a little smaller and sat on his head a little lower. And I love the way like this was uh, Koipel drew this, right? Quapel or whatever. Yeah. Okay. The way like the nose and like his cheeks are drawn where he just looks beefy. Like he was big more Scandinavian pugly. beefcake, yeah, like a, you know. Hugly's a great word for it. Yeah, like a like a fighter. Yeah, he's been through a few fights. He's he's gotten that nose broken, but he's ready to fight again. Close yep, I I really like that run. You know, we were talking about uh, Straczynski earlier, and and how he's really good on something until he's not. But I really liked pretty much his entire run on. Thor. I don't recall him doing anything too offensive on Thor. No. Right? Like, we liked that Thor run. I, I did. I really liked that Thor did run. Did that Thor run I end? fell off by the end, but it was really good for a while. The, the, the whole idea of having Asgard come to Earth and appear over a field in Kansas or whatever. Yeah. So, Matt, yeah, Broxton, Oklahoma. Matt Fraction took over right after that, right? Yeah, Matt Fraction came onto the book after, okay. after Straczynski left. And now, um, did Straczynski finish that Thor run? I uh, yes, I, well, because I think that Fractions run was a restart with a new number one. It was called the Mighty Thor. Okay, right, and it was right after an event too, wasn't it? There was like a huge event that happened. Siege, maybe. I think it was Siege. Yeah, 
uh, because that was all about Norman Osborn. Yeah, they tried to because Asgard to, uh, was floating above Asgard. Yeah, that's right. And Siege was really good, as I recall. I love Siege. Yeah, that was um, it, it, Siege is a perfect event. It was four issues. Yeah, and out. They didn't like belabor the point, and it was a nice cap on that era, where it's like heroes are outlaws, the villains are in charge. Yeah. Now the other the worm has turned and the world has seen that Norman Osborn is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and we should have never put him in charge of Homeland Security. <laughs> Go figure. I, I Who would have guessed, though? How could we have possibly known? It's Norman Osborn. He's always been so stable, you know? <laughs> Jason, it's good to talk to you. David Robbins has been waiting with his hand up patiently. So we're going to let him guys. Next. Talk to you later. Bye, buddy. David, I have asked to unmute you, sir. I may have asked twice. I don't know. There we are. Talk to us, David. Hello. How are you today, sir? Uh, doing all right. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing good. What do you want to rap about? Not bad at all. Um, excellent. Well, uh, I got a quick answer to the question of the week, and then I've got a question for you guys ta uh, tailing off of uh, uh, Mr. Sachs's, uh discussion there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um, as far as favorite redesigns, I really don't have one that I can say is favorite favorite, but I really like the, you know, speaking of double X's, uh, extreme X-Men uh, redesign of Rogue with the green and the white. Yeah, I agree um, too. There went with the scarf and all that kind of stuff as well. There was not a lot about that series that I liked, but there yeah. were some really good character redesigns. I, I got the Rogue right here and I did they dig They kind of had one. that uniform look with, with the red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The red and the white. Like still recognizable as their outfits, but but like color coded almost. Yeah, agreed. Uh, on the flip side, uh, the X Men redesign that I can well, that's not that one's good, but that's not even the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about like that was a later uh, one, you, wasn't it? That was later than the one I'm, I'm talking about. Um, I think it was a cover of uh, it might not be Extreme, but she's in green and white and 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 that kind yeah, of yeah. I don't think it was Extreme um, X Men. I'm trying to think of the one that you're talking about, but I know exactly yeah. the one. She had like a longer scarf and like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but the flip side. Oh, uh, um, is that Chris Bacalo doing wrong? I feel like that was either Chris Bacalo or Adam Kubert. Um, let's see. But yes, I'm picturing it. it, it, it she. It's almost more like um, Boom, this one. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, like she's wearing a coat, kind of. Look. Yeah. This yeah. one. Yeah. Was yeah. That. Awesome. I, I like that outfit a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's Chris Bacalo. Yeah. Um. On the flip side, the redesign that I can't get behind is the Bomber Jacket X-Men. <laughs> oh, really? The Grant Morrison the, ones? The yeah, Frank Quietly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant Morrison, yeah, Frank uh, Quietly. The story was good enough, but th those costumes were just terrible. I, I hate the, like, and, and Emma Frost, where she's just wearing an X across her. Like, what are you wearing? Double stick tape? How does that stay up? <laughs> Yeah. You know, hey. And along the same lines. It's her secondary mutation. Yeah. It's her tertiary mutation that she didn't get from Cassandra Nova. Well, um, I mean, like, yeah. just if you watch but, any of those runway model shows, it's all tape, baby. You know, they just I tape noticed. everything up. But if it's all tape, then I feel really bad for Hank McCoy when he had a similar costume that just stayed up like in an X shape. That was uh, terrible. That's with his chest exposed. Yeah. Are you sticking tape to the fur on that, that one? That was terrible. First of all, we just, Hank McCoy doesn't need to wear a shirt. He's covered in fur. Why would he put a shirt on? Is he trying to stay warm? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you know?
Yeah. Yes, Matt. He's very cold. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you put a sweater on your dog. It's cute. Yeah. Also, yeah. at that time, we had the weird, like, it was it was like the cat beast thing, too. It, ugh, I did not care for that I look. I that hate, shit. I, I didn't hate that. I did not hate that. Really? That, like, I hate the idea of the secondary mutations, but that, for him, I didn't hate. My whole you know, thing because, is that the beast was not a cat. Yeah. It, really it doesn't make any sense to me. He's no. not a cat. No. And but like the beast is also not blue. He did that to himself. Sure. But right. he wasn't like, like he's a, a mon- like he's a monster thing. kind of beast. Yeah. Exactly. He's more ape than anything else, but maybe there was something in there, you know, like a lot of different franchises, not just comics or not just the X-Men, have toyed with uh like different kinds of, of DNA that is, is background in people start to uh, next generation has the whole episode where everybody <laughs> devolves and, into different things. And like some people are like fish based and some people are more lizard based and they, they've got all sorts of different things. So it doesn't bother me that perhaps he devolved a little bit and he has some cat DNA in his, in his lineage. You know, that doesn't bother. Uh, me. This is okay. Now I hate this John Cassidy <laughs> design way less than I hate the Frank quietly. One. Oh, are you kidding me? This yeah, is this, terrible. What is this? No, no, that's sorry. Yes. I mean, I hate it more. I okay, hate it more. Okay. Yeah. Um, go back to the quietly one. Yeah. The quietly one is bad. I mean, like that's bad. Like it, look, whatever. Like why does he have a fucking he's wearing jacket a shirt on and, a coat and pants? <laughs> why? I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a uniform in this but case. This is perverse. Yes. But this what outfit is going with the deep V trousers oh my is God. legitimately <laughs> terrible. Is, How does that the, stay up? And he's got like the weird like jogger, capri yeah, capris yeah. or something. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! That's terrible. Like, the, the pants, like the uh, the length of them, is fine, but chop them at the waist, and it's a perfectly serviceable costume for him. Sure. It's the the V up on his hips. What is that? What yeah. is that? Yeah, no clue. You know? No clue. This is his treasure trail. Yeah, like why doesn't exactly. he have suspenders yeah. to hold yeah, it up or something? Fur too. body is a treasure trail. Apparently. <laughs> X marks the spot. Am I right? <laughs> just, just ask Abigail Brand. There you go. Um, hey, oh, we're working blue all of a sudden, aren't we? Last week. Uh, so the, the other question I have, um, this, this was kind of on my mind because I, I've been doing this a little bit, and you, you talked a little bit about it with Jason. Um, we got. Uh, the, the season finale of Walking Dead last Sunday that we did not get last season when everything stopped. Supernatural came back two days ago. Right. Yes. Um, and, and all sorts of stuff is 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 doing the things that were in process um, last season when everything ended abruptly. Right. Uh, but what are you guys and, and we've gotten the boys season two, which I'm still behind on. I haven't I haven't watched that. And I need to. Um what have you guys been watching or finally getting around to watching or rewatching during this lack of new content? Joe? You know what? I think that this would make an excellent question of the week. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. I think we should hold off on this because so we're going to put a, a pin in this. This is a whole segment. Okay. I like it. Um, and I, we'll use this for our next question of the week. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. This is perfect because like, I mean, COVID numbers are going up. Lockdown is probably coming again. Everybody needs some new. Yeah. Everybody needs some new suggestions. Oh, Wisconsin. So uh, there was no plans to like kidnap your governor though. Right. So you guys are like, you're not as cool as Michigan. 
You know, I just I just drove past something today that said had a sign for a petition that somebody is having to recall our governor because they don't like being in lockdown. Jesus like, Christ. I, just, I, I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. Like my mother, I got my mom into a nursing home at the end of nine, uh, 2019. And I haven't seen her since March because they've been in lockdown. Right. Same with my grandmother. And and people won't, I don't want to get this all political, but people just won't freaking have consideration for anybody else and wear a goddamn mask. Yeah. There's so, nothing political you know, about wearing a mask. It's but, about saving lives. But see, yeah. and it's not even that's about, kind of a political like that's, stance that's the too. Thing there, Joe, you're talking about saving lives, never, man. Not everybody agrees with that. Okay, some of us I don't want give to, a shit. Some of us want to kill people. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, there, that I agree with. Um, but this is the thing that I think most people never really understood about masks. Wearing masks is not about protecting you. It's yep. about protecting the people around you from your own skeevy body. Agreed. And we all yep. agree with that. So let's get back to where we were. Uh, yep. The new question of the week. I love it because like I said, we're all running out of stuff to watch. This is great. We can all get together and say, have you watched this? Have you watched this? We'll do it next week. This is fantastic. So Thank man, you, I will save, I will save my, my uh, thing that I was going to talk about for that. I'll save that for next week. Totally. But then I'll, I'll pivot then and say, so have you guys been keeping up on uh, the Vampire the Masquerade comic from Vault? I have been, and I still okay. love it. I didn't even know that another issue had come out. It is fantastic. Two is out. I'm not sure about three yet. Uh, three is coming. I think we just got two. I think three comes towards the end of the month. So okay. it's great. It's just great. <laughs> like, But this is the kind of stuff that like Tim Seeley is really good at. And this is what I yeah. like to see him doing, like as opposed to the hack slash shit that got him famous, which I know people like, I, and I know there's people that are into it. That's not the team Tim Seeley. I care about this like world building stuff. This is where his wheelhouse horror world building and man. Yeah. You know, there's Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley is pretty good at, um, setting a stage, you know, uh, he wrote, uh, that book revival. Yeah. Uh, at image, which had this like very, large cast of characters and and a and a, a pretty complex narrative and it's excellent revival is an excellent comic yeah um and so like he's absolutely capable of of telling a a rich compelling story yeah he with knows, a lot of lore he knows what he's doing and he, when also, he wants to he knows when he's working differently you know, like in a book like Hackslash, it obviously that crossover they did with the crow was just unreadable, unreadable. And he wrote that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. It's too bad. David, good to talk to you. Thank you for the question of the week. We will use that next week. I love it. Excellent. I'll call in next week and, and talk about what I was going to talk about today. Bitchin. Sounds good. Very good. And by next week, I will have an addendum uh, to what is already my answer. All <laughs> so. right. There we go. <laughs> All right, kids, we are going to get out of here and check the voicemails and check the MP3s that came in. Thank you for playing along. Thank you for calling. Thank you for zooming in. And thank you so much for being cool to each other and making this a place where we can hang oh, out yeah. and talk and not attack each other and just celebrate shit and laugh about shit together. Thank you. Seriously. We appreciate you guys. Um, before we do sign off, though, let's just catch up on uh what's been happening in the facebook chat for sure so for people sure. can hear those answers um our buddy sean x 
was uh, watching. Hi, Shonix. Good to see you. Uh, he says uh, his best costume, re- his favorite costume redesign was Rogue's hair waves, uh, waves over the slick back. Uh, wait a minute. Rogue's hair waves over the slick back. <laughs> I don't know. That's gonna be oh, a, that's gonna be a tough one to search. He, he likes the long curly. Oh, he hair, likes the like waves. The Jim Lee version over the slick like the back. Yeah, punk rock John Romita Jr. Right, that like yeah, butch yeah, kind of road. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in um, the day. Worst costume redesign is a tie for Eric Larson's Venom crazy tongue and teeth, and his black and red Spider Man. Hard disagree, buddy. Yeah, I kind of like that black and red Spider Man. And I think McFarlane's to to. I think McFarland set the stage for that venom, but um, yeah, that wasn't Eric Larson's fault. It was bad, but, I, but it like, wasn't Eric Larson's did, fault. He did take that ball and run with it. Yeah, um, but that's what Eric Larson does. <laughs> you know, that's that's I, his thing. I always kind of liked it when they when they made it look like Spidey's costume was red and black. I like yeah. I knew that it wasn't black. It yeah, was, it's blue. It didn't bother me though. Um, but yeah, it was like a color affect. I thought that was really cool. Um, something that Eric Larson did do that people either love or hate is that Eric Larson gave Spider-Man's eyes the ability to emote. Yeah. Uh, he would have him squinting his eyes sometimes, which I think personally, I love, I think I thought it had a lot of personality. Um, but people were like, no, it's a piece of cloth and plastic. There's no way that's working. No. Uh, Dave DeMarco fucking hates it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think it's great. Uh, Todd Turner. Welcome aboard, Todd Turner. Yeah, this I don't know name that name. I don't recognize. Yeah, uh, but I'm happy to have you. Um, he, you inspired him to go back and uh, rewatch all those old Harryhausen movies. Uh, oh, they're so good. They're so freaking. The movie. Uh, it was the movie that made him start collecting comics. I asked my grandma to get a Clash of the Titans book from the drugstore. Instead, yeah. she got me Teen Titans number one in 1980. Well, I mean, they're very similar. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> nice job, Grandma. Honest mistake. She's it's like, all right. Mistake. I know this kid's an uh, idiot. And I know he's in <laughs> monsters and people in costumes. <laughs> uh, John Traverdick uh, says uh, there have been several fantastic Im- improvements to Power Girl's costume, uh, where different artists have tried to make her costume actually functional and less degrading. I agree. Uh, there's a version of a co- of her costume that she wore in the late '90s, and they kind of brought it back in Birds of Prey for a bit. It was yellow and white. Yeah, it was good. It was like a full bodysuit. I love that costume. I can't even remember the writer who tried to like legitimize the boob window. It was Jeff Johns. Was it? Yeah. And he he was like basically had her saying like, hey, this keeps the villain staring at these while I'm punching them in the face. You know, like. Uh, I mean, yeah, there was more to it than that. Really? But yeah, he tried to write it off as some sort of empowerment thing. It's like, yeah. I can be sexy if I want. Yeah. Which well, is true. Yeah, absolutely. However. If you want to. Male writers are not really in a great position to grant agency to female fictional characters. That is okay. So that is a question I would like to do sometime. And John brought it up like female superhero costumes and functionality. Like who had the worst functionality in their costume, like running around with stiletto heels, you know, and like, <laughs> like midriff completely bare, but armor on your shoulders or something stupid. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole discussion uh, there, definitely. John uh, John also said, it might be because I'm a child of the 90s, but all of the Age of Apocalypse X-Men redesigns hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, the Joe Maduri stuff. pouches, Oof. missing limbs and all. I so agree. Good. All right, let's check this damn voicemail. 
Hey, this is Ryan Mel, aka Hebrews, calling in. Um, this week, uh, before I get to my answer for the question of the week, I just want to talk to everybody, let them know that um, I was able to help a friend out in her non-comics professional life, um, interview Brian Michael Bendis coming up on October 20th. Oh, damn. Uh, if you search for Hillel at Home, which is a Jewish student organization uh, around the country, um, they are doing a Zoom discussion with Brian Michael Bendis, and I helped... Uh, make a lot of the questions. So we're not just inviting students, but we're inviting lots of other people. It's totally free, October 22nd at 6 p.m. via Zoom. Uh, I will put a uh, link in my email that I send over uh, for everybody to check out, and I'll throw it up on the forum shortly. Kick what off. Um, and for real quick, my cover to cover or answer is Super Grover 2.0. Uh, Super Grover really needed an upgrade from when I was a child and even before that to, you know, what kids are watching today. The costume actually makes sense um, and it is an actual good update. Um, I can't say a lot. I don't think there's been a lot of good costume updates over the years, Um, you know. so yeah, uh, again, I just want everyone to check out the interview, upcoming interview uh, on Zoom with Brian Michael Bendis uh, that I happen to be a part of on October 22nd. And my answer is Super Grover 2.0. All right, thanks nerds, bye. There is your Super Grover 2.0. I have never seen this Super Grover. Oh, cool. Though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's got like a lightning bolt with a G on it and stuff. <laughs> I that, love the new helmet. Yeah, the helmet's got like a lightning bolt fin. Like, that's pretty cool. I dig it. I hope he's still not good at it, though. I don't need Super Grover, like, being good at his job. The comedy was... No, no, no. Yeah, the comedy was he was bad at it. Uh, right. We'll be sure to drop a link in the show notes for this as well. I've got a note for that, and I see your link in here. And we will drop that in there. Halal at home, Brian Michael Bendis interview, October 22nd. That sounds really cool. And we should check that out. That would be fun. Absolutely totes let's get into our answers best and worst redesigns um you know i'm still trying to figure out my favorite but i can give you my worst my least favorite number one with a bullet is the new 52 superman the new 52 superman was terrible and his why is he wearing armor yeah why is he wearing nanotech armor stupid it is just stupid not just the design the idea is just stupid. and it's not even cool looking. No, it's not like it, that would not be a cool outfit on any character. No, it was twenty years out of date. Just what a misfire! What a misfire! It was Jim Lee, right? Designed it. Yes, I believe it was Jim Lee. Um, so Jim Lee and Cully Hamner did all of the redesigns for the New Fifty Two. I'm looking for like a full body. Uh, just Google the cover to Superman number one. Oh man, and like the collar goes all the way up and shit. Oh, this is bad. Oh, you know, he put everybody in chokers. Yeah. All of his Justice League members had those little chokers with the V. Uh <coughs> yeah, excuse me. So stupid. Yeah. So stupid. Awful. Um and like the cape came and like pinned to his like a chest plate almost. Like, what is this? God, that is bad. It's it's just a it's a legitimately terrible design choice. Yeah. Um, close second is um, their decision to put all of those extra lightning bolt squiggles on the flash. Yeah. 
The Flash has one of, if not the number one most iconic, perfect costume designs ever. Yeah. It's instantly recognizable, simple, functional, beautiful. And they took it and they were like, this needs to be way busier. This is what you're talking about right here, right? Yes. So bad. And it's like, okay, like, you know what? If we're doing a thing where it's like he's in motion and it's the speed force. I'm fine with that. The crackling and I like the lightning. I get it. And that's fine. But that no, he looks like that when he's standing still. Yeah. He just has lightning bolts on his costume now, including a lightning bolt belt that points to his penis. Well, he's, I mean, that's, he's had that since the 90s. Uh, <laughs> I don't recall it pointing to his, his penis. <laughs> when Wally got his costume redesigned in the 90s, uh, he was like, point that bell at my dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he had like all the little lines all over his costume and stuff. Like, ugh. That was yeah. back when like Jim Lee designed everyone so they looked like they were wearing like living crustacean armor or something. The yeah, bat characters. Like, why? The bat characters yes. were even worse. They, they looked like mollusks they were so bad and ugh, it was yeah i just don't get it i don't such a failure i don't know why like i just don't understand looking at that as an editor with any sort of taste yeah it was such a failure yep this is exactly what this perfect costume needed yeah just terrible my it's yeah my answer for worst is the daredevil armor they put daredevil in this like black and red armored suit and it, it, it he's got some armor plating but ugh, he's not wearing it armor. was so dumb it was so i actually really like that costume i hate that costume i hated it it was so I, and it just takes away from like what daredevil is daredevil doesn't need to wear armor he doesn't wear armor that's not the deal he's a fucking I ninja think the, <laughs> i think the Shadowland daredevil redesign is way way worse i mean that one wasn't great but i liked how it was like like a black it was just sort of like no, a black daredevil no, costume ugly. wasn't it it's ugly and it's got like yeah now the now the D looks kind of demonic. And, well, because he was possessed, no. bro. The demons made it look scary. I hate it. I hate that outfit so bad. Yeah. this. Look one right at here. that. That's terrible. Well, I mean, he was supposed to be evil, you know. No, it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't great. But I think the armored Daredevil was just even worse. It was so stupid. And as, far did- as, ni- as, as far as 90s excess goes, I think the Daredevil redesign is one of the tamest. Like I yes, I understand he's got some armor on his shoulders and on his thighs, but he's not wearing a suit of armor. It was so it's a spandex costume. But like it didn't need it, first of all. None of those redesigns needed it. And some of them were absolutely egregious. But like the tone of the book still stayed really good. And they just had him in this really dumb armor. And it like it didn't work. It didn't add anything to it. It was just stupid and offensive. And I feel like Daredevil is another one of those characters. I mean, look at this. Come on. I feel like Daredevil I'm sorry, that looks cool to me. Daredevil is another one of these characters where his outfit is so instantly recognizable and iconic and simple. And here he looks like Daredevil 2099 with like pointing shit on his knees and weird fish scale armor on the <laughs> shoulders and sides and like weird neck fangs and ugh, God. It Look, just as a kid in the nineties, I was hated like, that's it. badass. That costume hated is badass. It. So uh, stupid. So like, I mean, you could, you could make an argument for Daredevil's, uh, his change from the yellow and um, 
the yellow and black outfit to the iconic all red outfit for one of the best. I mean, sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like, but they, I think that my favorite, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with this choice. Um, I think it, it's such a simple thing, but I think my favorite costume redesign is the fantastic four coming back from the negative zone in black and white costumes. That was cool. Yeah. I was, love those 1980s John Byrne black and white FF out. Outfits. That was definitely cool. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Um, my favorite and I love Iron Man suits and I love Iron Man and like looking at Iron Man suits next to even the shittiest Iron Man suits are still pretty fucking cool. But when yeah. Sean Chen came back, it was like Iron Man was relaunched with number one. I can't even remember who was writing it at the time. Kurt Busiek. Was it Kurt Busiek? Yeah. When Sean Chen came back and like brought back that weird pointy Iron Man face. I love the pointy thing. crown. Yes. God damn. That Iron Man suit was so fucking cool. And like he did more of like the sort of like brighter red and yellow look. So it was like the red and gold again. That is one yeah. of my favorite Iron Man suits. It is I totally so agree. badass. That was, like, like you said, Iron Man's Iron Man almost always looks kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, like even the worst but, Iron Man suits are still pretty cool. <laughs> you know, like you said, Iron Man always looks cool. Uh, but this Iron Man outfit was the last time that I legitimately loved it as a distinct design. Yeah. And it was coming off of like, this was when the heroes all left. Heroes Return. Yeah. yeah. Heroes Return was after like, there was the heroes reborn where they all got kind of imaged up and they were on a different planet and like Franklin Richards invented a different world and they were all sent there basically. And they looked different. And who was it that was drawn the Iron Man? It was, um, Will's Portacio. Yeah, it was Will's Portacio and his Iron Man suit was not great. <laughs> it had these huge like exhaust pipes coming out of the yeah, back for some reason. It was just not why, but like you don't get Will's Portacio to draw that. You don't like, that's not, his wheelhouse. Don't ask Wills to do that. Uh, he, but he also gave a sexy long-haired Hulk. He did. Yeah, I'll give him that. But that's more his wheelhouse. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, like even future Iron Man outfits that have come after this one, like the Addy Granov Extremist one. Which is and, still and, very cool. You know, every time there's a relaunch, they redo it a little bit. They're all fine. Yeah. They're all fine. They're not very memorable, though. But this one was so throwback. This sticks in my memory. Yeah. And it's an just iconic like Iron Man outfit. Throwback to like old school Iron Man with like nods of really new cool shit. Sean Chen, stupid talented. And this series was great. It was really good. Not all the yeah, Heroes Return I stuff was, but this one was a really good run. Uh, and then Kurt Busiek left the book. Yep. And Joe Casada took over as a writer. Yep. <laughs> and decided that Tony's armor was alive and in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> and so kissed this outfit goodbye in about 25 issues. Yeah, the whole thing. But you can go pick up that whole run. It's in print in like an omnibus thing. And it's totally worth it. Fantastic yeah, it's, read. It's really good. All right. Let's set up our new question of the week and then let's get the hell out of here. All right, so our new question of the week was submitted by David Robbins earlier in this very episode. Spoiler. Uh, I know, right? He asked, uh, what has been your comfort media during these trying times? He wants to know what uh, what you're reading or watching 
for the first time, what you're getting caught up on, and what are you re-watching during the pandemic? And I've got lots of answers. Yeah, love it. And this would be great because we can all share and give each other ideas of what we need to be reading, watching, oh, yeah, listening absolutely. to. Recommendation. Most definitely. So we'll get in next week. We'll recommend a bunch of crap to each other. It's going to be awesome. Thank you to everybody that watched the show live on Facebook. Thank you to everybody that downloads the show. Thank you to everybody that interacts with us What's in any form. And we want to hear from you. 402-819-4894. Call us, leave a message, or call us live during the show. Chat with us on our Facebook Watch us live on Facebook. Jump into our Zoom and play along. Shoot us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. There's so many ways that you can interact with us and play A with us. A multiverse of show. ways. Truly. Multiversal. Uh, off, I was going to say multiversal offerings, but that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Multiversal <laughs> convergences. Sure. That too. Covalence. And we'll be back next week. Leylines. For another exciting episode of THN Cover to Cover. Portals. This week on the show, on the regular show, we're talking ghost stories. That's going to be fun. So watch for a reading list. I'm going to post real quick here. I picked out some really cool ones that oh, I forgot about. I'm at a loss, actually. And it's very hard to search for comic book ghost stories. Do you know why? Because there was a comic book called Ghost Stories. There's also a character called Ghost Writer. And if you search Marvel Ghost Stories, it's like, yeah, here's all the Ghost Writer shit you can Yeah, and guess what? <laughs> ghost Writer is not a ghost. No, he's not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Makes it even harder. <laughs> so I hope you're ready to review the first appearance of Casper the Friendly Ghost. We're, That's all I'm saying. We're also going to be reviewing Dracula, motherfucker. So it's an all spooky Halloween oh, episode. You, you know what? We didn't even plan that. Yeah. Could be fun. Good job, us. Can't wait. We'll see you Wednesday. For now, my name is Matt Bum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. <laughs>